This is the Nomad Futurist Podcast, a podcast about the evolution of technology, society, and transformation. Connect with us, share your thoughts with us at nomadfuturist.com. Let's get this started. Here are Phil and Nabil. Hello, hello, hello. This is Nabil Mahmood, your co-host at Nomad Futurist, live from Data Center World in Orlando, Florida. This is Philip Koblenz, your co-host, also live in person at Data Center World in Orlando, Florida. And this is uh, Mike Clutter, also live here in Orlando, Florida. Mike, thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. Let's start to get to know you a little bit. Sure. Tell us who you are, what you do, and where you're from. Yeah, so Mike Clutter, based out of Seattle, Washington, and I work for an engineering firm and technology consulting uh, with a technology consulting piece to it. And then we really kind of focus on the data and other things here with data center companies, right? So collecting and and historizing that data and making great information out of that data, right? Because you can get data, but then it only turns information when you can use that data. So that's, that's basically how I got there. So, so when, when I, I've said this before, like when I was growing up, it, kids would say they wanted to be a fireman or, or a cowboy, right? My son, if you ask him what he wants to do is he wants to be a video gamer, which I'm not sure is a career, but he seems to be probably is. It probably is. So I have to imagine given the fact that, you know, this industry is a fairly, fairly young one. When you grew up, you weren't like, I want to be in data analytics for the data center business. No, it, it I think I wanted to work for JPL at one point. And then from there, I ended up going into the Navy and was a nuclear engineer in the Navy. So when I got out of the Navy after six years, I just, I didn't want to do anything. I had worked, I had worked. And about three days later, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I have to do something. <laughs> so I Three got, days removed from nuclear engineering. Nuclear engineering, the radiation dissipated and I was, I was regenerated, <laughs> right? So I got in, in with Emerson Network Power. So they, they provide a lot of data center equipment and fell into their monitoring engineering stuff. So we started collecting data and I started, you know, grabbing onto it, figuring out, hey, the thing that really makes this data center run is the information pulled from all of their devices, right? So, and keeping the lights on, right? You got to keep power to everything. So, so that's where it, it kind of went. And I, I stayed with them for about seven years. It ran its course. And then I came in with CASD. And we started really using that data. And that's what I really like, collecting that data and then making use of it. Because a lot of people will say, give me all the data. And then they put it in a tank. And then you're like, well, what are you going to do? We got it. We got it. We'll look at it later sometime, maybe. Right. So I really loved using the data to make, you know, meaningful decisions. So let's step it back a little bit. I mean, an interesting career, Navy, nuclear engineer, and then you were with Emerson. Yeah. I mean, how do you go that? You know. It's funny, a nuclear power plant is not that different from a data center. And it's not that different from, you know, manufacturing plant. There's things that need to be done and there's data that's collected. And then you look at the data and you make decisions based on it. And it's the same thing. So yes, we were underwater. Yes, we were splitting uranium, (laughs) but you know, in the end it was same. We were making power to do something and we had to keep the power running and we had to make sure that nothing went wrong. So and every now and then one of us would grow a third eyeball, but we, we put those in the different yeah, section. Those, yeah, those, <laughs> those are redundant. Eyeballs. Yeah, that's a redundant. Yeah, that's redundant. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah, and plus one, right? So, yeah. so when you were in high school, did you know you wanted to go to the Navy? Was that a, no, it's, so it was a September 11th kind of decision, right? It was, there's a great story behind that. So I didn't know my buddy wanted to go in. He said, come with me to the recruitment. How old were you on September 11th? Oh, what, what, is, are you out of high school or anything? I was 20. You're yeah, 20. 20. Okay. All right. So it's just going to college, just fig- figuring things out. 
And he wanted to go in and he said, come with me just in case like they try to make me sign papers, we'll leave. <laughs> All right, we'll do this. So we go in, sit down. He's taking his test. They're like, why don't you just take the test? I'm like, I'm here. So I take the ASVAB. Apparently it scored very well. They invited me to uh, come back the next day. And so I come in at eight o'clock. No one's there. They put me. Did they invite your friend to come back? The no. Day? <laughs> no. Poor Yuri. No. Oh, uh, Yuri. So, yeah. So I come back and they, they stick me in this empty room. They give me a test and they walk away and I'm doing the test. And it's like two hours later. And he's like, are you done yet? Are you done yet? I was like, I'm almost done. Last question. Would have been great if I had a calculator. And he's like, we didn't give you a calculator. And I had a stack of scratch paper where I was doing all these math equations out of ah, hand. Ah, ah. So they, they, they take the test. They, they look it over and they're like, you know, oh, oh. And this, this lady goes, okay. She takes my test, opens an empty briefcase, puts it in it, handcuffs it to her wrist and walks out. Holy. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. This, right. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like in the movies. Yeah, it's in the movies. Uh, uh, that's like the point I did. Clearly, but clearly you excelled at math. I mean, that, yeah, that was a thing, right? So it was so. a math and engineering based test of some analytical and troubleshooting skills. So if you think of the Navy, you don't necessarily think of it in terms of like math and right. It's like, can you swim? Right. Can you swim? How do you look yeah. in a white suit? Yeah, exactly. So did you at least have an option like Air Force, Army? So or you just ended up by the Navy Recruitment Center? I think it was the nuclear program and, and it was the Navy's, but the Navy is the only one with a nuclear program, right? I mean, the Air Force has a small one, but I loved physics, nuclear engineering, fit right. Color. So is your pissed? It's, oh, yes. Yeah, he's still to this day. He holds a grudge. Yeah, he's like, hey, we're sorry. I mean, we only need our best and brightest. Yeah, he, he's become the day. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a local Emmy, so he'll yeah. just hold that up and go right, right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the local Emmy, yeah, cling to that. Yeah. Well, quite, quite an inter- interesting career. Um, so how are you involved with Data Center World? What are you doing for Data Center World? Oh, so Data Center World, I, two things. I'm here to just, you know, experience people again, right? So it's great. That's for a change. Right. Um, <laughs> just to get out and make- imagine, imagine how bored you have to be to come to data center world to want to experience people. From Seattle to Florida. These crazy people. To see people. Heat. Yeah. Right. But so, so there's that. And then um, also on the AFCOM gen, so I'm going to be doing a lot of things with AFCOM approaching next year's DC. I'm sorry, uh, DCW. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something obviously is near and dear to our heart is this uh, trying to demystify our world and, and make it interesting to the next generation that doesn't really- know that it exists in large part as a consequence of, you know, having been born essentially with an iPhone in their hands, yeah. not understanding that it's not just magic and it didn't just happen. There's an entire back end to, 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 to all this that requires our industry. So tell us a little bit about Gen Next. So the Gen Next board is a group of it recently formed brand new first, first board advisory council to the board of m- local or not local, but millennials. And I guess I fall into that millennial. So I'm still fighting that inter- internally. But then I want to be a millennial or do you want to be a millennial? I don't know. I guess. I just, so the, at some point it was Gen X, Gen Y, right. and then millennial, and then Gen Y disappeared. And right. then I was a latchkey kid for a while. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was very weird. So anyway, it's, a, it's a spectrum. It is a spectrum. So we're here to provide a younger view on the data center, data center industry, what we're seeing out there, what we feel. As everyone knows, there is a, a higher age where there's some people out there. It's like, uh, we don't want to change anything. We'll just keep it the same, make it simple. You know, this is how it's always been done kind of thing. And I think that's going to die out soon as those gentlemen retire. So as those gentlemen die, 
See you, Grandpa. Yeah. So, so it's going to be an interesting thing as this new um, wave of, of thinking comes in. And, you know, you can't swipe a frack unit screen and stuff. So we have to figure out all these mechanical buttons and stuff. But we'll, that's, that's what we're... You know, you, you, you bring a great point. Um, <laughs> you know, part of the journey of the nomad future is to bridge that generational gap and the divide and the, and the technical gap and the divide as well. What are you seeing in real world? Yeah. So that's, that's a very good question. So the, the ability of some of the younger kids to just speak in code, Pythons and the new, the new codes, it's inherent and they're just, they come with it now, right? Before you'd have to send a guy to a class to do this, learn it or hire a guy individually to run this code and then kind of speak to the, to the mechanical team to do this. A lot of that stuff's embedded in, in the position now. So I think things it are, you know, the, the communication piece at that level is going to, is going to be elevated. It, you're not going to have to have this person tell this guy to do this in a simpler way just to get things done. So the one thing that I, I really worry about is, is how COVID's affecting these, these younger population of people getting into this industry though. So I think that that two year gap of, of not really hiring or not really bringing them in might keep us from actually entering the, the space. Yeah, I think it's kind of sort of, in my opinion, it's probably put us like five to 10 years behind right. the curve. I mean, even though the industry has grown dramatically over the last 18 months and we, we have accelerated the digital transformation or adaption for that matter, on the back end, things have actually started to slow down a little bit. <laughs> Talking about the, the hacks gen and, and your experience and your involvement with, with AFCOM on this initiative, what are some of the key focus areas? For instance, like from my perspective, I think, like you said earlier, the, the near generation, they're born with the skills of coding. It's in the DNA for somebody to just pick up a language and start developing platforms. Thank you, Minecraft. Yeah. They understand the programming element. Yes. What would be another thing? Like in my in my point of view, I think that they need to have the ability and the skill set to communicate and translate that to the older generation. Correct. And even though we think that the older generation is going to get away or, or, or we got to get rid of them in the next five or 10 years, that's probably not the case because they are going to be the generation that's going to fund all of these initiatives. I mean, we are living, breathing, Examples of it, we, we got totally screwed in a lot of ways. <laughs> For technical <laughs> terms. So in technical terms, because our entire career has been around technology and the old guard that there was had no idea, in their opinion, email was a necessary evil. Right, we were the... Uh, and they wanted to still handwrite letters. We were, right. bell, we were bells and whistles. Exactly. Well, and you're seeing that now because... Email is now something that's widely used, right? But now there's the Teams communications and texting and there's Slack and all these other programs that we still have hard time getting people to understand. So I, I know I've been on meetings where it's like I send them a Teams link and they're like, well, I don't have Teams. Can I just call into something? Can we just talk face to face? And while that's okay, it is there is still that communication elevation gap, right? Where now the kids want to use Slack or some other, you know, collaborative talking, really, you know, they're tweeting, you know, hey, can you go change crack? Not, you know, it's just something right. like that. But the email, you, you see that gap again. So there's, there's that aspect of the communication that we're going to have to overcome. And then 
from the younger standpoints, the other things that are really becoming a bigger, the sustainability, the buzzwords, right? Sustainability, digital transformations, APIs and open access and all these other data, transparency, transparency and data and stuff. So I think those are all the big things that are inclusive, inclusiveness, right? But those big policy things are also being pushed upward. So, you know, the biggest one that I think is not getting a light is innovation, right? We have to drive the new technology to get to the new sustainability to, to, you know, push all of this new stuff into the future so we can keep the data centers running and make use of the new data center stuff. And so what, what's, what's holding innovation back? Funding. I think, I so think that's going, that's going back into lack of <clears throat> the skill set and explaining and selling on the idea as to why funding is needed. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think. Sometimes in some budget meetings, it's CapEx, OpEx, and they're like, shrink the OpEx, bring the CapEx, let's bring the profits in. And innovation and drive for R&D can be cut, you know, really quick. See, the music program at the schools, just get it out because it's it's not bringing in the money right now. There are companies out there that strive for innovation. And I think, you know, they, they will take leaps and bounds above some of the big guys who are cutting innovation budgets. But without that new technology, that's, that's what we do here, right? We just drive the next technology. What's better? How do I make this better? How do I squeeze more energy, push out more heat and get more pennies off, off every wall? Yeah, I, look, I think there's, there's obviously a, a need to make the younger generation, you know, kind of focus on how things work and think about how things can be made better in very real terms. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people get trapped just kind of, you know, doing the same thing or, or trapped in their little kind of, you know, social media worlds and, and just thinking of a job in terms of, you know, just go to work, collect a paycheck and, and move on as opposed to thinking like starting to peel the onion a little bit and trying to think, how can I make the world a better place through technology and through innovation and through disruption? So I, I do agree that there is a disconnect on that. And they're like, why don't we just put up so- solar panels everywhere? Booms, problem solved. Well, there's a little bit more to it that, and then there's the money aspect. And I was poaching in on your, your previous podcast interview here, and he was talking about accounting and I'm, I'm finishing up my accounting degree. And it's, it's 100% true. You can, you know, you go through accounting classes and you learn what actually makes the money flow and how capitalism actually works and, and other uh, industries and stuff. Just knowing that that GDP has to be pushed and that money has to go in circles for things to work. It's not just give everybody money and then everybody's rich. It right. doesn't work that. Or you can keep printing money. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, just injection of cash, right? Just where everybody's fine. But I, I, I think it's it's totally true. I mean, the, 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 the fact is that, you know, the, the wanting to make a difference is incredibly important. And then actually like trying to change things from within is is the way to actually make that difference happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the leap of faith as well. You got to be wanting to do it too, right? I mean, anybody can talk. You can call Wolf so many times, right. but you got to be able to and willing to do the job, right? Well, yeah, you have to sub- you set that fear of failure aside yeah. and go for it, right? And it's those those ones that that kind of start shining. So, Mike, you you've had an interesting career. I mean, it's very inspiring. Uh, and you only have two eyeballs, which yeah, is crazy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that I can see. Well, they would move it on you. The, the third you one they kept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what are some of the, the, the key lessons that you have learned thus far in your career? That data centers are not what you see on TV. So that one's always awesome. We, I, I love movies when you see the guy running through this pristine data center here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, on, on top of that, um, 
data drives almost every industry, not even just data centers. And all the, it's funny how it's full circle because then that data then gets inserted back into a data center right. to be used. But no one deletes it. And so you can't, you got to get bigger and right. bigger and bigger, more hard drive right. capacity. And then innovation will advance that. So be always thinking about, you know, not the 30 year, not the flying call, right? right? But just the next step, right? Just one step ahead and those small steps lead to the big changes and managing that data. Cause you know, the old saying, you know, what doesn't get uh, uh, measured, doesn't get managed kind of thing. So, so that's always the big one. And then the caveat that I always love in my industry of data collection and historization is like, well, what, what kind of data do you want to see? What do you want? Everything. I want everything. You don't, you don't want everything. There's 10% of the data that you actually need. You can bring this in, you can look at it, you can do some calculations, but you, you really just need to focus on that Pareto, that that 20% that causes the 80% change. So, so if you were king for one day, ooh, King Michael Clutter. Are we talking in king? the data center? Space. In the data center. Yeah, let's 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 the be king focused. of the data with, yeah. Before we had the doctor of the data center space, <laughs> now we have the king of the data center. All space. right. So if you're a king of data center for or the data center world for one day. All right. What would you want to do differently that we are not doing today? Yeah, absolutely. I would take all the IT guys and sit them on the left side of the room and all the OT guys and sit them on the right side of the room and say, let's build this bridge. We're going to do it now. Let's get it done. And let's never talk about this IT OT bridge ever again. Well, we have been at that journey for the last 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a big bridge that we're building and it's just, it, we got to get it to touch. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Glad to hear that we're all trying to solve that challenge. Right. We've been at it for a while and, you know, going back to it's got to happen. Right. It, it needs to happen sooner than later. Well, Mike, thank you very much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Really enjoyed to get to know you and any, any, any last messages for the younger generation as to why do they want to get involved in the space? It, so when you, every time you look at your phones, kids, this is my job. This, that's what drives it. So it's not going away. Be a part of something bigger than just your phone. <laughs> Words to live by by a nuclear engineer. Yes. Michael Clutter, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank it was you. great. Thank you. This has been great. Nothing lasts forever. Markets will come back. Currencies will rebound. Businesses will go on. And we'll all move on. That could happen next week, next month, or next year. I'm confident that those who prepare rather than panic will come out of this stronger. Thank you for joining us. This has been brought to you by Nomad Futurist. Check us online at nomadfuturist.com.